hey, it's a bummer to wake up in the morning and hear that you're dead. But that's basically the way it's felt for a lot of us in the older historic Protestant churches in the United States for the last three or four decades. And I'm talking about Methodists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, United Church of Christ, Episcopalians, Reformed Church in America, even a lot of Baptists fall into the pattern of what we call historic old line, main line churches. Back in 1972, a really smart guy named Dean Kelly, he wasn't Dean of anything, his first name was Dean, wrote a book called Why Conservative Churches Are Growing. Now one of the problems with that was what did it make the rest of us out to be, like liberal or something like that. But his book tried to show that the older Protestant churches had been losing ground to the more vigorous, as he described it, uh, conservative churches. He thought of them basically as fundamentalist churches. Everybody's been repeating Kelly ever since that time. It's like every two or three years a new book comes out and the guy says, hey, guess what? I've got some totally interesting news for you. Nobody's ever thought of this. Evangelical churches are growing and mainline churches are declining. And then two years later, somebody comes out with a book and says, hey, I've got something totally new. Nobody's ever heard of this before. Evangelical churches are growing and mainline churches are declining. And then two years, well, you can figure out basically where it's going from there. It's a kind of repetitious cycle of writing and I've become convinced lately that there's actually a lot of strengths of the older churches that we sometimes decry as mainline or old line or ecumenically engaged Protestant churches in the United States. Now one of the things is that nobody wants to be called mainline. It's really, really offensive. It was considered very cool at one time. It has to do with Philadelphia and the main line of railroads that came out west from the city where all the affluent suburbs were. So it suggests a kind of high-class uh, religion that's respectable but doesn't make many demands of people. Something like belonging to the country club, whether you actually play golf or not. Something like that. That's what mainline was supposed to suggest. But the word is stuck and so we have to deal with it. Things have changed though since the time that Dean Kelly described. In the last couple of decades, in fact uh, since about the year 2000-2001 as we made the turn to the third Christian millennium, statistics began showing a different kind of trend and it's not actually a very positive trend for any of us. What the trend is showing is that evangelical churches are declining, megachurches are declining, at least with respect to population growth. Mainline churches continue to decline with respect to population growth. The Catholic Church is declining. Really the only religious groups that are growing, according to these Pew Foundation studies, are very small groups. I mean, like Muslims are about 2% of the United States population or less. They've actually been growing, but it's a very, very small group within the population. The situation has changed, and some of the measures that we used in the past have changed as well. There is this huge myth out there then about uh, mainline churches. Uh, one of my favorite ways of expressing this was John Stewart. You may have heard of John Stewart, a comedian and commentator. He was, on, he was commenting on Chelsea Clinton's marriage to a Jewish guy, and he had a reporter. See, the problem was this was in an a, a, a exclusive compound, and nobody could actually get in, so they had these reporters acting like they knew what was going on. And one of the reporters was 
reporting to him about what was going on at the wedding. And he said, well, what made it Jewish? And she went all these details about what made it a Jewish wedding, that he was wearing the talit, the prayer shawl, and they had a, a Jewish wedding certificate, and they had um, uh, some prayers in Hebrew and so forth, and the rabbi was present. And then John Stewart looks at the reporter and says, well, what made it Methodist? And she just, she stopped for a minute, like she was really puzzled, and she said, well, they had a minister, and John Stewart looks at the camera and says, it's easy being a Methodist. It's like the University of Phoenix of religion. That's the impression that a lot of people have had. And in fact, that's what Dean Kelly said was the problem. People have made it altogether too easy to be Christian in these old line, mainline churches. And he was very concerned about that. Some things have changed, though, in recent years. One of the things that's changed is that we've had a different appraisal of where we ever were in the past. One of the things we've learned is that these mainline churches probably were never more than 25% of the United States population. And it wasn't really a steady decline through the 20th century. What we actually saw was a bulge that peaked out in the 1950s and 60s in these churches. And I like to say it wasn't a pregnant bulge. It wasn't a good thing. It was more like a sort of cancerous growth constituted by a host of nominal church members who really had no intention of seriously being Christian. If you've heard about the nuns, I mean, people who say their religious preference is none, there were people who were members of Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopal churches back in those days who were acting like the nuns are today. I mean, they were basically acting like they didn't have any serious commitment to Christian churches. They were not attending, they were not showing outward signs of discipleship and so forth. One of the things we've been tracking is weekly attendance. It's a very problematic statistic for our churches because the truth is most people don't come weekly anymore. Don't have a really good source of statistics on this, but most pastors I know will tell you that very active members of their churches come like maybe twice a month, something like that, and yet they're very active people in their congregation. Their kids have soccer on Sunday mornings and all kinds of things going along. So a lot of the measures that we've used in the past are not very accurate. The main thing I want to say, though, is my research shows that we have a very strong core of very faithful people in our churches. And it's really damaging to keep thinking of ourselves as declining, deteriorating, and so forth, because if you know particular congregations, you know that they have this very strong core of committed believers in the congregation. And I think we need to recognize that and celebrate it. We've got other strengths, like the strengths that come from our heritage and our history, some ways in which we've become more faithful in recent generations, like the ways in which we bring people into Christian discipleship, and the ways in which we've been more faithful to our doctrine and liturgy in recent decades. But that's what I'm trying to say. Don't write us off as dead. Uh, we've got a lot more life than we're getting credit for these days. <laughs>